So all my buddies decided that they were going to go fishing with some guy named Scott. And they didn't send me an invite. Apparently, my rod is too big to fit in the boat. This is the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, D-Roy. You can find me at Twitter, at RoyDog underscore one three. That is an R-O-Y-D-A-W-G underscore one three. How are we doing today? I'm doing great, although I didn't get invited to the Scott Fish Bowl last week. But, uh, hey, that's okay. There's always next year. Uh, I was a little pissed off about it last week, but... Yeah, what are you going to do? It's for a good cause. Hashtag Fantasy Cares. Uh, look it up. Give a little bit of money. Uh, maybe you're even donating a little bit more money than the people that are actually fucking playing, which is really fucking sad. So, what are we going to do today? Well, we're going we're gonna to talk a little AFC and NFC East divisions. And, uh, yeah, um... We're going to get this puppy started, and uh, we'll have uh, my draft guide out mm, probably right around my birthday. So mark on your calendars August 9th. Anybody that's actually subscribed, um, anybody that's actually interested, you can contact me on Twitter, and I will send you a copy. Uh, it's pretty basic, but... Uh, full of my thoughts and ideas and it is actually something that I'm going to use for my own drafts uh, dealing with mostly home drafters not anything NFFC um, the WFFC stuff like that so um, kind of little tips and tricks and stuff like that get everybody prepared for the season so Man, I was going to go over some news and stuff. Um, but something that just really bothered me today is uh, Sirius XM's decision to, with their Action Sports Network show, and they were doing uh, sports memorabilia and, and uh, like trading cards and stuff like that and doing evaluations and stuff like that. Really? Is that what we're fucking doing now? You removed a great baseball show. You put on a betting show. They handled Vegas. I get it. Betting's the future. You know, we've seen the FSTA embrace it, even switch your name, so that they uh, include gambling in there. A lot of us can't even do it, but I get it. You can kind of look at the odds and stuff, and it helps out. Um for our daily fantasy lives and stuff for baseball and I'm sure for football. But honestly, if it's not the fucking all-star break, just leave it the fuck alone. I mean, just... There's no reason 
if you're a fantasy sports network to do dumb shit like this. This is what I blasted off about with FST, FNTSY last year when we had a whole bunch of really good shows and then in one false swoop they had brought in Craig Carton and they wanted to do a lot more just regular sports talk. And I don't know. It's just leave a good thing alone. It, you'd already pissed off enough people with because we get into the fantasy football season at the beginning of July, and I'm all about fantasy football and stuff, but I do love my fantasy baseball, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I loved Craig Mish. I loved him and his interactions with Jim Bolden. At least it was going to keep everybody who was fantasy baseball, you know, diehards. It was going to keep them at bay. And then, oh, I don't know. Let's move on. Um, news out of the last week. Um, Seek Elliott did not get suspended. But now the security guards that he pushed uh, apparently is going to court, uh, which is nothing more than a cash grab. So don't expect anything out of this. Uh, Zeke should be fine. If the uh, NFL decides to revert it, they're going to be uh, uh, going down a bad path, especially since they're working on the collective bargaining agreement right now with the NFLPA. Um, I think that has a small part into why Zeke didn't get suspended a little bit. They're trying to play nice with the union uh, it might also be the reason why we're seeing or hearing rumors that Tyreek Hill is only going to get the four game suspension versus an eight now it's a wait and see we haven't seen anything yet but that's kind of the rumors that are coming out that he's not going to get uh, nearly what we thought that he was originally going to get um, even though he might deserve it although he you know, never got convicted of anything, and uh, uh, they're not pursuing legal action on him. So that's kind of a big deal, though. Tyreek Hill, if he's only going to get a four-game suspension, uh, he's going to move up in fantasy drafts. And as of right now, I would say if you're only going to lose four games out of it, you know, you, you get... You know, I've heard fifth and sixth round. He won't drop in the sixth round at home drafts. You're going to have to grab him in the fifth. So as long as you got somebody who's stable with your first wide receiver and maybe have two two nice running backs and stuff like that, yeah, go ahead and grab him. It's not going to kill you anything, but you just need to make sure that you have somebody stable for those first four games that can get you through it until he comes back. But I mean that's 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 AFC West. We're talking about the East here, man. We're talking about the East. Uh, in NFC West news, uh, San Francisco Giants have uh, re-signed their kicker. Oh my God, how fucking long does that have to take? Uh, especially since you franchise the ta- franchise tagged him. But uh, uh, 
man, it's a fucking kicker. It's like, it's like what Jake Sealy says, fuck kickers. Well, he doesn't say that because he's a little goody two-shoes, but you know what I mean. All right, all right, all right. Let's take a look here. We're going to get going here. We're going to get into AFC East. We're going to go in alphabetical order, so we'll start with the Buffalo Bills. Um, 2018 season didn't work out all that well, um, but we did see some nice hints from the offense that we're going to want to take a look at with uh, Josh Allen at QB. Um, offense is very simplistic. Uh, it's a run-first type offense. Uh, the only problem is you have, like, uh, let's see, 12 running backs. Um, plus you got one quarterback that likes to run as well. Um, I'm not very high on Josh Allen as an NFL quarterback himself, but as far as, say, you know, a fantasy quarterback, um, I like him. Um, he's currently going QB 22. So, you know, he's going as a QB 2. Super flex, two QB leagues. He's definitely on the table. One QB league? Hmm. I don't hate it. Um, I don't love it. But um, you know, if you don't do if you don't do full adjustments for the defenses that he's going to face this year, he's actually got a pretty good schedule. But I mean, that's only going to change um, as we get into the season. So yeah, you can get him. You can use him in a as a. QB1 is seasonal, but I would have a backup plan. Somebody safe. Uh, you know, you're going to get a Phillip River, somebody like that. Nobody's going to jump on Josh Allen like they did on uh, uh, Mahomes last year. Uh, running backs for the Bills. I'm. It's hard to say. Really hard to say because their ADPs are real, real low. All of them. You know, McCoy, Gore, Yeldon, and Singletary. But I kind of want to see how this fleshes out. See if somebody uh, uh, either gets injured, uh, retires, you know. <laughs> got a couple old guys that could die um, from old age. But uh, uh, the one guy that we really want to keep a look at is uh, Devin Singletary and make sure that that ADP stays low because if it stays, if it stays really low, he's somebody that you're gonna want to take a shot on late. Uh, even even McCoy isn't too bad of a pick where he's at right now. He's an RB thirty-seven, uh, one hundred two overall right now. He's actually dipped over the last week. Um, it's not bad. I mean, if you got if you have three backs in front of him. I don't mind having him as a fourth. I've heard some people say, yeah, RB3. No, I'd probably like to have him as my fourth. I'd like to have him as a as an insurance that I don't have to use later. Uh, wide receivers. Um, a lot of people are pumping up on John Brown. I don't get it. Um, if he was that good, he would have stayed in Arizona all them years ago. Um, plus, it's, with him and Beasley coming in, it really takes away from... Uh, the guys that I really liked in Robert Foster and Zay Jones, uh, younger guys, you know, 
not the best hands, but um, definitely had upside, as we saw last year. Uh, Beasley's kind of a target I'd like to take a look at. You know, I think he said wide receiver four, five, four at best, but I'd rather have him as my fifth. Um, he will get targeted. Uh, it's a little bit easier read and uh, easier cornerback matchups and stuff for Beasley and you know a lot of a lot of drafts he's not even getting drafted so he could be somebody right at the very end uh you want the upside guys people are going to take a shot on brown i'd rather take a shot on foster or jones i prefer jones in the slot versus on the outside so if something happens to beasley that's going to move jones back inside we need to keep an eye on that um Yeah, definitely DFS I might take a look at. Um, I don't know so much in the drafts. It's not really somebody that we have to take. You can probably get them all in waivers. Uh, tight ends, Dawson Knox is getting a little bit of run, um, but he's not showing up on the ADP charts through Fantasy Pros. So keep your ear to the ground. And we'll see if anything should unfold there. He's only got to deal with Tyler Croft in front of him. So if Tyler Croft goes down, I guarantee you Dawson Knox is going to start bumping up. And he's not like he's going to be super ultra expensive either. Uh, moving on to the Miami Dolphins, we've got two quarterbacks there. We've got Ryan Fitzpatrick and second-year quarterback Josh Rosen. You know, the guy who couldn't keep his job in Arizona. We're going to have to see what happens here. Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously has the most upside because he has the most ability to throw down the field and likes to throw down the field. So Fitzpatrick actually gets a start at the beginning of the season. He's somebody for DFS. I'm not using him in season. Best ball, sure. Regular season, no. No, 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 no. I'll let somebody jump on that train and then have it burn right all around them. Um, at some point, they've got to take a look at Rosen. Um, could be early, could be late. We'll have to wait and see. Um, over to the running backs. we got three guys here. Got Kenyon Drake, Kalen Blage. And Miles Gaskin. Now, Gaskin actually could lose out in the end because he is only a seventh round pick. But I don't hate him. Um, but you do have Kenneth Farrow in there. Um, and then they brought in Mark Walton, who is suspended for Cincinnati. Uh, they brought him in from Cincinnati. He's suspended uh, because he's an idiot. So. Um, the suspension on Walt Walton could actually keep Gaskin in place uh, with that depth, but uh, the two main guys are going to be Drake and they're going to be Balage. I like Kenyon Drake more, of course, because I hate fucking Kalen Balage. Anybody that knows me, the guy's just not that good. But 
He's an RB55 right now, 171 ADP right now. Um, if he's sitting there last picking a draft, it's not a terrible idea to pick him up. Um, just in the event that Kenyon Drake isn't getting the job done and they turn to Balage, could be a good RB4. Um, Drake is ADP of 58. He's in RB22 right now. Um, he's stayed relatively steady, so Drake definitely has the most upside out of the two guys. Um, but, uh, like I said, injury, he's not getting the job done. Balaj is going to get a little bit more run uh, in that backfield. Not a great offensive line. That's why I don't really care too much for them but it is what it is you'll take if you can get them now especially late like you said last pick something like that um if something happens to drake you're not spending waiver money later but i'd only really take them if i didn't have the opportunity to handcuff one of my better running backs in a better situation. Uh, moving on to the wide receiver. Um, <clears throat> you have Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, and Devonta Parker. Yes, we're hearing about Devonta Parker again. Oh, he looks so good in camp. Oh, oh, he's catching everything in sight. I'm passing on him. I'm not taking that fucking bait again. I, I've done it two years in a row. You know, and if it burns me, it burns me. Um... I'd rather have Wilson or Stills. Stills for upside, uh, especially if you get uh, Fitzpatrick in there. Him and Kenny Stills are going to love each other to death. And you can get him real late. Wide receiver 59. Uh, ADP 158. It's right at the back end. Uh, Wilson's even lower at a wide receiver 69. And pick 186. So... You know, it's definitely back-end guys in there, uh, as well as Mike Gazicki, who I may take a shot at, but only if I'm doing a two-tight-end league or, say, in a 16-team that's got, you know, less options as you get late in the draft because you have a lot more picks coming off. He might be a guy just as a backup for your uh, starting tight end. Moving on to New England. Um, <laughs> it's really odd to see Tom Brady as QB19. And that would be uh, an ADP of 198 right now. Um, but there is there's a good reason that he's that, lo that he's that low. Now it's not saying that he's a terrible, terrible player. I mean, he gets the job done. He's going to control the offense. Uh, he's going to get them to score points. The problem is, how much is it going to come from Tom Brady or is it going to come directly from the backfield itself? My guess would be it's going to it's going to come from the backfield itself, although, well, we'll get from it. So you have, we'll, we'll go to the running backs and then we'll get to the wide receivers, why Brady can succeed. So, 
Um, Sonny Michelle had a little bit of a cleanup in his knee. Uh, started freaking everybody out. And uh, he is currently RB24, uh, pick number 60. So that is end of the fifth round. Which, if you actually paid attention at late in the year and in the playoffs, they rode the back of Sony Michelle. Much like how the Rams didn't do it with Todd Gurley. But um, we'll get back to that another time. So, Sony, you're going to get Sony Michelle at the end of the fifth round. Can you grab him in the beginning of the fifth round? Sure. I'd actually suspect that his ADP actually goes up um, even more. The surprising thing is that James White is right there with him at RB25, pick 69. James White will go somewhere around the beginning of the fourth round, end of the third. Could be about the highest in in full point PPR scoring uh, because people are going to gravitate towards um, his reception upside. But I don't know how much of an upside that's gonna there is this year. Now you can make the case that Tom Brady is going to do more, you know, dinking and dunking. He uses Julian Edelman out of the slot. Um, doesn't really have a safe tight end, <laughs> at least not for the first four games with Ben Watson being suspended for PDEDs. But um, so I mean. You can kind of get it behind it, but are they going to go through the air? Are they going to go on the ground? I'm going to side with the fact that they're going to go on the ground. That's why I like Sony Michelle more than I like James White. So if we're going to sit behind the mirage that James White is the actual better pick and let somebody else take that, well, then we're going to we're going to get Michelle late. Um. Everybody's freaking out about Damian Harris getting drafted. Blah, 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 blah. It's fine. They need a backup for Sony Michelle. He's the handcuff guy. Damian Harris, RB46, 141 ADP, near the end of the draft. Um, it's perfect. If you can get Michelle as your third, maybe a second running back, and then you can handcuff him late, especially in a fifth, and then somewhere tenth round later, I'm fine with it. Uh, indications are that Rex Burkhead is really hovering on the cut line, so we're going to stay away from him, but we will watch because if there's an injury, it's going to put him back in the picture. So I do have him listed. Uh, Julian Edelman, wide receiver 15. Pick 36. I have no problem with it. Should have been going in the third round all these years ago. Um, but we'll have to wait and see how much more he's going to get bumped up. I would suspect that he's going to stay somewhere around there. Um, but it, like I, what, how, what I usually do, 
I usually like to pick up one of the fantasy magazines, you know, Athlon Sports, something like that, um, from like Barnes and Noble. And I like to grab their charts and see what their overalls are. Um, because it gives you kind of a heads up for your magazine guys that come in. Because a lot of times they haven't updated it. And not the magazine itself. I'm saying the person who has the magazine hasn't grabbed the updates from online. So sometimes you can grab that advantage. It's always good to have on hand. Uh, we got Keneal Harry. Uh, wide receiver 39. Pick 83. It's a little high. I think in in regular drafts he is going to go probably ninth, tenth round somewhere in there. I'm okay with it if you're set everywhere else, especially at wide receiver. If you had him at like, say a wide receiver four, and you can kind of keep him there until you need him, he does well. Great if he's not clicking with Brady. Caught him. Uh, also in the mix, you got Philip Dorsett, Dontrell Inman, who came over from Indianapolis. Josh Gordon, who is not available for them yet, but people are drafting him right now in best ball, just in case. Uh, again, don't draft Josh Gordon. Let's just not do it this year. Let's just not. And then you have Demarius Thomas. Um, Demarius Thomas is coming back from an Achilles, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm not all that excited. We've seen guys come back from Achilles, and it takes a while. He is old, and his hands are not good. So he, him and Brady are not going to get along. So moving on. We've got the New York Jets. Adam Gase is coming in. Oh, goody. Adam Gase, the coked out fiend. The man whose boat was just captured in Philadelphia this weekend. I don't know, man. I don't, do not know what to think of this offense right now. Gase has said that his offenses with the Dolphins were more of the dink and dunk variety type because of injuries, you know, with Ryan Tannehill and then he had Jay Cutler. Um, I'm not buying it. I think that's kind of his offense. It's kind of a dink and dunk past the sidelines draw the defense up with the running backs and then go for the big shot, right? So you get a guy like Sam Darnold. I like Sam Darnold. I'm just hoping Adam Gase doesn't ruin him with this bullshit. Um, but I'm kind of staying away. Kind of a wait and see. 2QB. If I had him as my third in a 2QB league, Something like that. Sure. You know, you can wait and see what happens with it. Get a good matchup on paper. Maybe you can exploit it with Darnold. Um, 
but I'm not going to I'm not going to mess with it right now cuz it's it's too much of a clusterfuck. Um we especially have the problem that we need to address and that's the running back area. Because on the surface you would kind of like Le'Veon Bell. Um but again, it's Adam Case used multiple backs last year. Um, single-handedly ruined Kenyon Drake. Now, Kenyon Drake isn't Le'Veon Bell, but at the same time, they're also changing offensive scheming um, from an angle blocking uh, to a more zone blocking scheme. Uh, the angle blocking is where you have pulling guards and stuff like that. It's actually more addresses where the running back is supposed to go. So it tells him where he's supposed to go, what hole to hit. Um, zone blocking, it's a little bit more on the running back. And it the offensive linemen are to block whoever's in their zone. So your hole can open up up the middle, you know, to the right. Um, well, I should say, like, like if you're talking like the A or B gaps, anybody that knows this. So you're going to the right. <clears throat> you can either go between the center guard, go between the guard tackle, or you got the outside sweep, which goes outside of the tackle. So your angle blocking is going to tell you right where you're going to go. As an offensive guard, your as an offensive guard, my duty was if I had a guy right on top of me, you either engage fully here, right in front of you, or you're pushing him off to the side and going up to the second level. Zone blocking, it's whoever's there, get him out and stay on it. Another guy comes in your zone. This guy tries to get out. You shift it out. So, in a zone blocking, instead of you're going through the A, B, or the outside, it's, okay, whatever's open, A, B, or outside. The running back has to make that decision. He's the one that's got to make the cuts and do that. Can Le'Veon Bell handle that? Who knows? Um, he is talented enough. I do like him. It's just whether or not I like him in this system with this coaching staff. Uh, he's currently RB7, overall at 9. I'm okay if you can buy into Levy, if you're buying into Le'Veon Bell. You're not worried about the layoff. You're not worried about the coaching staff or the fact that the coaching staff has used multiple running backs in the past. I'm fine with it. I'd rather have him in the second round if I can, if he drops. I'd rather actually take a wide receiver in the ninth spot over Le'Veon Bell just because I don't have trust in there. Now, if he drops in the second round, sure. You're getting a lot of more value out of it. 
and I can take a little bit more risk in there. But when you're telling me that we still have Elijah McGuire, Ty Montgomery, and nobody's even talking about the fact that they re-signed Bilal Powell, and this was well after the draft. This actually happened back in like early June. Let alone you got like Trenton Cannon. There's a lot of running backs there. I don't know who the fuck his backup is. And that scares the shit out of me. Especially when you got McGuire, Montgomery, and Powell, who are all pass catchers as well. And they can be utilized in a third down role. Now, they've said that they want to, you know, use Le'Veon in a, in a workhorse role. But do they? We'll see what happens in training camp. Um, we're going to have to figure out. So once some of these running backs get picked off, cut, however you want to do it, um, we'll have a little bit more idea where they're at. But uh, for right now, I'm, I'm going to try and stay away if I can. Like I said, second round, sure. Probably won't get him in the second round. But I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Uh, wide receiver situations. We have Robbie Anderson. Jamison Crowder, who came over from Washington. And Quincy Anunua. Those are your top three. Um, both Crowder and Anunua. I can see switching out in the slot, but I think Crowder's going to stay in that slot role a bit more than a Nunwa. Robbie Anderson's your high upside guy. That's your guy when they do the dink and dunk, the outside sideline passes, when they need the high flying go, Robbie Anderson's the guy. There is one issue with Robbie Anderson, and I love Robbie Anderson. If I can get him as my third or fourth, I'm okay with it because I'll play matchups with it. But Robbie Anderson really has a lot of good cornerbacks that he's facing this year. And he will face the top cornerback. Let's see here. For the Bills... Browns and Patriots for the first three weeks. Let's see, they got a bye week, week four. Then he goes Eagles, Cowboys, Patriots again, Jaguars, Dolphins, before he gets a really solid matchup uh, with the Giants. He's if you look up if you look up the top corners for all those teams now I've included uh, their schedules and everybody got the depth charts so you can you can go and look through that and that's it's not a cute situation I'd still like to take a shot on him if I can get him in six if I can get him six round or later I'll be happy with it right now he's wide receiver 31 uh, he's at 66. Which would put him in the sixth round. I guess maybe I should have said seventh round. It'd be a little bit better if I'm getting value. And that's all going to be predicated 
on exceed your home drafts were mostly your running back heavy at the top uh, for your first and second rounds. Could see him drop that much. Uh, Chris Herndon, four-game suspension. Be careful with it because, yes, he's tight end 15, 155 overall. He's everybody's darling at the end. But you need to understand that with the suspension, it's not like we got our spots either. If you take Hernan, you got to take a second guy. Are you willing to do that? Or are you just better off just taking a guy who can start the whole year? That's the problem with Herndon. If you're willing to put two, I mean, if you got a two tight end league and you want to go with um, him as, like, say, a, a tight end three on your t- on your own personal team, sure. You can do that. You can wait it out because you got two guys to deal with that time. Just make sure that they don't have a bye week in week four. Otherwise, you're screwed. All right, here. That was AFC East. Now we're going to go to the NFC East. And we're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys, who should be the favorites to take the NFC East this year. Um, Real hell of a good defense, and their offense is set up really well. Um, especially since they they are expecting Travis Frederick, the center back, this year, which is only going to make that offensive line uh, even better. And if Tyron Smith can stay healthy, that's only going to help them too. So they don't have to put uh, Cameron Fleming back in there. Although they do have Connor McGovern, but if I remember correctly, Connor McGovern's only going to be able to play guard, or can he play tackle? No, he's going to play guard. They'll probably move Connor Williams out, um, if anything, which probably wouldn't be that bad thing. But even if they went back to Fleming, it wouldn't be any worse than what happened last year. And you know, you had Zeke running around and. Once Cooper came in, Dak Prescott actually stabilized as a quarterback and has now become this year's uh, fantasy darling. Currently at QB 15, still good value. Uh, 162 overall, but we also know, too, in our home drafts, you get any Dallas Cowboy lover in there, he's going to go a little bit higher than that. You're probably going to ha- you're gonna have to take him. He might not even make it to the 10th round. If he makes it the 10th round or later, I would take him. I would take him 10th round. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fuck around with it. Just do it. Um, cause he's going to have, he's going to have a hell of a year this year. If he's got that complete offensive line. So is Ezekiel Elliott though too, which is, he's RB2. Overall, um, my personal rankings, I have one overall over Saquon. And that's not saying anything over Saquon. I just like Zeke's situation a little bit better. It's more stable. Um, They should be ahead a lot, which means that 
they'll put it more on the shoulders of Zeke than they will on, say, Dak Prescott uh, to have to win the games. Uh, as long as uh, as long as that defense does hold up the way that it should. Um, for right now, Tony Pollard looks to be the backup with Mike Weber in tow. Um, that one's going to play out a little bit. Hopefully that gets settled before we get in the draft time, like real draft time. Um, Because I actually really, really like, I really like Weber. But he's the seventh round versus the fourth rounder, so you're probably going to see Pollard get first, first dibs on it. Um, Pollard's good. I just, I really like Mike Weber. I watch a lot of Big Ten football, so I know what the Cowboys are getting. Um, Wide receivers, we're going to have Cooper, Gallup, and Randall Cobb. Everybody's on Randall Cobb. I'm not, though. He's got a lot of potential in that offense coming out of the slot. He's real cheap. So, it's not a terrible pick, especially right now he's a wide receiver, 81. He's going right at the very end of dress. Um, You can take your... He's one of those guys you can take a shot on. I don't know how much upside he's got left. Um, he is younger age-wise. NFL-wise, he's old. Beaten up. Can never complete a year. That's his problem. Uh, Cooper's going wide receiver 12. Pick 30. Um, he's starting to jump up in the, some second rounds. I don't like him in the second round. If you if you want to take him in the third, anywhere in the third, um, I don't have a problem with it. Michael Gallup's going late. I would take a shot on Gallup. Jason Witten, I am not touching. Fuck that noise. Lo and behold, moving on to New York Giants. <laughs> Somebody needs to check to see what the prop is on Eli Manning starting the season or Daniel Jones and then checking it and seeing if there's different props for different times of the year. I'd be interested to see that because Eli is not going to be there much longer. Um, Daniel Jones is basically Eli Manning. Um, but a younger version, uh, dare I say a better version of Eli Manning can actually get the ball downfield, um, which would bode well for the Giants offense and their wide receivers, especially now Saquon, Saquon's the first overall, uh, ADP wise. RB wise. Don't hate it. Like I said, if you want to take Saquon, I don't care. It. I just have my personal preference to taking Zeke over Saquon just because of the situation. And once those QBs change out, what's going to happen to the offense? I have some little bit worries, but I, I, 
I won't move I won't move Barkley below two. So it's not scaring me that much. I still have him above Christian McCaffrey, and McCaffrey scares the shit out of me because I just don't see something's going to happen with him. But we'll get to that when we get to the south. Um, don't know who Barkley's main backup's going to be. There's actually been some Paul Paul Perkins talk uh, lately, but I'm not I'm not going to really read into that. I would say it would be either Wayne Gallman or Rod Smith, and uh, Rod Smith was. Zeke's back up in Dallas the last couple of years, so it's going to be one of those two. Uh, wide receivers. Got Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, and Russell Shepard. There's a couple of other guys. We're going to keep an eye on it, but these would be the main three. Russell Shepard's not even getting uh, not even registering yet on the ADP chart. That's how low he's going. But Golden Tate is going as wide receiver 38, 81 overall. Sterling Shepard, wide receiver 35, 77 overall. So it's, an, it's a little pocket in there in the seventh round that we're looking at. Sometimes these guys are dropping into the eighth. Doesn't matter. Seventh, eighth round. Doesn't matter. Golden Tate should actually be the guy that gets the most because he's in the slot. He'll be running the shorter routes. And he could actually become pretty good PPR guy. Um, but I still think the Sterling Shepherds probably get the most upside. He's got the most breakaway speed to get yards after the catch. So... It's going to depend. If I'm in the 7th or 8th round, I'm in need of a wide receiver. I'll take Golden State first before I take Shepard. Um, only if it's a full point PPR. If it's half point or your standard, I'm probably going to take a shot on Shepard. Just for a little bit more upside. Evan Ingram, tight end 6. Uh, 64 overall. Which puts him in the 6th round. I don't hate it. We all know. We all know the drill. When Oda Beckham is not on the field, <laughs> Evan Ingram succeeds. Um, my only problem with Evan Ingram is I'm wondering if Golden Tate's going to mitigate some of that upside. Ingram thrives a little bit when they spread him out where he's acting more of a slot receiver. So it's quite possible in two wide receiver sets. If they want to split him out, then he becomes a slot guy. Um, sixth round, I don't hate. I'd rather have him in the seventh, to be honest. Um, he tends to be a forgotten commodity. I don't, I don't see why you can't get him a little bit later than the sixth round. Um... This could just be a complete pump-up from the industry right now. Moving on to the Eagles. Well, don't have to worry about Nick Foles taking Carson Wentz's job anymore as the Eagles have clearly stated that they're Carson Wentz fans. And uh, 
with the way that this offense is looking, people are already starting to gravitate towards Wentz. He is still low. He's a QB9, round pick 85. So he's, you're looking at about an eighth rounder. For Wentz, um, that's probably about right. He might slip up into the seventh round. Um, I want to keep track of this. Keep track of his ADP. He could bump up a little bit more. But uh, he's probably right in about the right spot. Nice value right in there. Um, running back situation. Got kind of a situation because we've got Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders. Um, duking it out. You know, who's going to do what? Blah, blah, blah. Um, Jordan Howard is going to be your guy starting out the gate, and they'll bring uh, Sanders in to spell Howard. Uh, they've already been talking that Corey Clement's going to be the third down guy, so this is really, really a mishmash. Um, Howard and Sanders are going right around the same spot. They're RB36 and RB32, respectively. Uh, picks 98 and 92. So you're looking right around 8th, ninth round. Um, Sanders is the one that's jumping up because people aren't aren't reading the tea leaves very correctly and they're jumping up and getting him right around 5th or 6th. I want to say about the 5th round in best ball right now. And... Uh, I don't quite, I don't get it. I would stay away from this situation unless you can get either or at a 10th round value or lower, which right now isn't happening. So moving on to the wide receivers, you got Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Alshon Jeffrey is wide receiver 23, 50 overall. Puts him in the fifth round. It's about right where he was last year, and that was with the injury, um, the shoulder issue coming into the year. So, fifth round, it's not bad. Him and Wentz work. Um, but Jeffrey was always better with Nick Foles. So, it's going to give me a little bit of hesitation on Jeffrey, but I still think, it, you know, if you're spending a fifth-round pick on him, it's not terrible. Um, Deshaun Jackson's getting a lot of run because he's back. Everybody wants the high flyers. Everybody wants the high flyers. And it's never working out. I mean, he had Torrey Smith. Um... Oh, crap. Uh, Mike Wallace was there, and then he had gotten hurt, and everybody gravitated towards there. So you'll have Jeffrey and Jackson starting outside. I think you're going to see Aguilar uh, occupy the slot. Not going to bother with it. Not going to touch it. If anything, I'm going to, for the passing offense, I'm going to go with Wentz. Um, although I will take a... I will take a flyer 
in a couple of my drafts if I can on our Sega White side. Um, you know, last pick in your draft, you're not really going to have to spend any spend any collateral on them because uh, nobody's going to be on them. Because they'll probably focus on more on the tight end situation with Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Uh, Ertz is a tight end three right now. Which means that Kittle moved up. Anyways, um, I might have I might have wrote that wrong all too because he's tight end two everywhere I'm looking at for twenty three. Um, Goddard is going late in drafts to tight end twenty three. Um, whether you want to believe the stories that they're going to go a little bit more to tight end, um, which is certainly possible considering the fact that Aguilar really kind of came down last year and they could take Goddard or Ertz and work one of them out of the slot. Let's take a look and see what they're doing in training camp. Um, it's quite a possibility. Uh, again, two tight end leagues. Um, uh, super flex, you know, something like that. I don't, I don't have an overall problem with taking Goddard, but I would only take him if you can get him super late. Otherwise, I won't bother with it. Uh, moving on to Washington Redskins, we don't know exactly what we're going to get out of here uh, because we don't know who's going to open the season. If it's going to be Case Keenum or Dwayne Haskins at quarterback, I would assume Keenan's going to get a couple of games in there. Um, before Dwayne Haskins. What does that do? <sighs> it's just an uncertainty for the the passing game. Um, yeah, we'll just we'll just go there first. I mean, you got Josh Jackson, Terry McLaurin, rookie Terry McLaurin, uh, Trey Quinn, Paul Richardson, and Kelvin Harmon, rookie Kelvin Harmon. Um, Boy, oh boy, I can't trust Oxen, even even though he's going next to nothing. He's basically waiver wire fodder. Um, there's been a lot of pumping up of Trey Quinn that uh, quite possibly will start opposite Doxon or actually take Doxon's place. So you want to take a shot on him late, I don't have a problem with it. Um I just don't currently see it, not with the quarterbacks that they have. Um, I've kind of had an eye on Terry McLaurin. I can, he interests me late. Um, and Calvin Har Harmon isn't a terrible receiver. The rookie... God, where was he out of? Oh, that's right, NC State. Now he's a six-rounder. And he should be backing up on the outside. Now, I do think McLaurin and, or Harmon could work out of the slot, too, if Richardson doesn't work out. But overall, I'm probably not going to touch any of these guys. I don't think you'll have to. You'll be able to wait it out. 
Um, as far as tight end, I'm not taking a shot on Jordan Reed. Sorry. I know the offense is geared to utilize the tight end, but I just can't trust it. And let alone, I mean, now you get into the running backs um, where you got Darius Geis, Adrian Peterson, Chris Thompson, and Bryce Love. <laughs> Everybody's pumping up Bryce Love, and I don't know why. He still had Geis and Peterson in front of him, let alone Chris Thompson's going to get all the third down work. And Geis was going as RB29, pick 76. So you're looking at 7th round. I've seen him in the 6th. I've seen him in the 5th. So everybody was jumping on board, drafting him early. He's the guy. He's the guy. Even though they gave AP a new deal, not the biggest of deals, but enough to keep it interesting. And with guys coming back from ACL, we saw last year with Dalvin Cook. He looks good. He looks good. And then what happened? All of a sudden he started getting little nagging stuff uh, with his lower legs. And that's what happens. You get the overcompensation. The body's working itself back. And you get these little nicks and dings. And it just hampers. So... Him going that high was a mistake in its own right. Peterson actually had the most value uh, as an RB52, pick 153. So that late in the draft, with a 153, so you're, you're talking late double-digit rounds. Who are you going to, who, who would you rather take a shot at, the old guy or the young guy coming off the ACL tear? In this case, I would have taken the old guy, the lower value, you know, and seen what happens. But time's going to tell on this. For all we know, last year, last year, guys hurt that knee. Right when I was on going, driving up to, driving up to Wisconsin Dells to go on vacation for the weekend, and he got hurt. And I like him a lot. I do like Geis a lot. But don't do it. Just, I, it, if at all possible, just stay away from the whole situation. If you want to grab Chris Thompson, maybe. Um, Chris Thompson right now, RB56, 176. He's, he's going to go somewhere around 10th round, 9th, 10th round, somewhere in there. Somebody's going to jump up and get him, so... If you want him, you are going to have to go get him. But I guess for now, all I can say is, okay, we did it. We made it through the East, AFC and NFC. So really don't have much else going on. So, I mean, it. We could talk about stuff. I could do pull a bullshit Marvel move and talk after the next break, but 
Who knows? Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I should put some little trailer things in here. I don't know. We'll get it all figured out. But until next time, this has been your boy, D. Roy, at RoyDog underscore 13. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and see if I can get this uploaded to different formats and stuff um, later this week. Uh, but for right now, we'll just leave it on Twitter. And you can access it through my uh, you can access it through my uh, t- my Twitter feed. So, until next time, guys. Peace out. Not get used to this fucking echo in my goddamn headphones. So I have to keep turning it down when I fucking talk. And it drives me up the goddamn wall. Because then I gotta turn my fucking headphones back up so I can hear the fucking music and make sure it's fucking running. So I don't know what the fuck is these guys do it. But I'm trying. And you know what? It's only going to get fucking better. Have a good one, guys. Oh, no, we can't end. This whole goddamn time, I forgot about the irrelevant poll of the podcast. So, my buddy Paul Burkholtz, out this picture of him out on the golf course drinking a White Claw which if you don't know what White Claw is it's a hard seltzer or a spiked a spiked seltzer water comes in all 
different flavors and stuff. And he's like, oh my God, it's so f refreshing. And there's a video that's out there. I don't know if everybody says it's like the 2019 Summer of White Claw, something like that. White Claw Summer 2019. So now it's kind of become the big joke. So I tried this shit. And it's absolutely fucking disgusting. But here's the problem. It's like fucking crack. I can't stop drinking it. I'm sitting here sneaking around in my fucking garage trying to hide this shit from everybody so they don't see that I'm fucking drinking it. It's got cocaine in it. I swear to God, it's got fucking cocaine, crack, heroin, something, something. One of them or all of them. It's got something. Don't start fucking drinking it. It's worse than goddamn cigarettes. <laughs> 